Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. Um, it is a relatively somber um, Sunday when we are coming to you all. And uh, because of that, joined with me my usual amazing and wonderful co-host, Richie Suave Flores, is with me. But also our great and amazing friend and my maid of honor, Catherine Silverman. Oh. Thank you, Corey. Well, I just thought I would give a little introduction to you guys. It's a little bit nice and sweet because we have um, a little bit more somber news to be talking about. And uh, part of the reason why we wanted to have Kat on with us tonight is um, because uh, a friend of ours and a friend of, you know, hockey and to most of everyone here in Arizona, I feel like anymore, um, Matt shot sadly passed away this morning and, um, we kind of wanted to have Kat on here with us in order to talk about, um, some good memories and, um, some of the great things that he's done for this community and really just all the, the hearts that he's touched around here. So that way, you know, he will never be forgotten, but that way um, we can kind of celebrate him in the way that he deserves to to be celebrated, honestly. So um, I, I, I'll start kind of by saying um, he was one of those people that whenever he would walk into a room, he just instantly made you happy. I harassed him. I don't talk about um, my me working at the Coyotes very often on the show, but um, when I was working there, I would work at Gate One, and um, I'm not even kidding you. He would come with a massive stack of tickets because of the fact that you know, since he did hockey development, he'd always come with a huge stack of tickets that would always be for you know people that they were doing stuff with beforehand for different teams and all that stuff. 
And he would always forget a couple of those tickets and would have to come back for them later. And it became a running joke between him and I about the fact that he took over probably more than half the tickets that I had sitting there. And uh, so I just would give him shit every single time about him coming back. And I think at a certain point he was forgetting the tickets on purpose because of the fact that he just enjoyed being funny and knowing that I was going to mess with him. And it was simply for no other reason other than the fact of his own happiness and enjoyment of just being able to do something funny and fun. And uh, that was like the way that I really got to meet him. I mean, I, I always knew who he was before because of, of you, Kat, because of the fact that you had worked with him before I had even met him there. But um, that will always be one of the things that I will always remember is harassing him about how many tickets he would bring in every single time and just making it what would be the stupidest running joke, one of the uh, highlights of working gate one and seeing him each each game. That tracks. Um, I, I know I was looking through my, my phone earlier today, just looking for just fun things that he texted me over the years, um, which obviously I, I've updated phones over the years. So I only have messages from 20, I think 2018 and beyond. Um, but I know that like he was my, he was my ticket go-to um, when I, I coached with him through the Coyotes hockey development program uh, before I had my daughter. Um, he made sure that we, you know, had a woman working as many clinics as possible so that girls could see uh, like a someone that that looked more like them coaching. It wasn't just a group of dudes coming in and saying, hey, let's learn how to play hockey. And that was, that was kind of his go-to, um, which was super cool. Um, but he loves to give out tickets. Um, and so I stopped coaching while I was expect when I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, and he actually kept me with the team by shifting me over to the writing side. Um, I'd written about the team before that, but I hadn't written in as legitimate of a capacity, so to speak. Um, and he, he had me cover the high school championships, um, which is where I met our good friend, Jordan Nash Bolden, who was one of the goalies for a winning team. Um, and he made sure that her game got covered, which is awesome. Um, he had me cover ball hockey games and sled hockey. And he had me write about the one step program, which is, a, it's essentially a, not, not a transitional, but it's an assisted, a special needs, um, community. And I know they, it's an organization that people can go and learn like career skills and life skills, and they can further their education if they're special needs. And, uh, and they get to go on outings together and stuff like that. And they have a hockey team, which he was a big part of orchestrating and made sure that they got covered. Um, and he made sure he used to hand out ticket vouchers at all of our clinics. Um, and eventually got told like, yo, you're, you're giving out so many tickets that like, there are ticket vouchers floating around everywhere. Like ease off. <laughs> and, and he did, he ended up easing off, but he would still like, if you needed tickets to go to a game when, when my parents came to town or when 
uh, like when my my ex's family wanted to go to a game with my daughter, he he made sure that she was able to get good seats to go see the team and to go to the games and stuff like that. And so that, that tracks him, you know, forgetting tickets every time, um, at least at the beginning, because he did. He had people that he would promise a ticket to. And I remember I texted him one time and I was like, hey, man, so my family is like, they're parking. Um, where should I tell them their tickets are? And he was like, oh, hold up. I'm on the other side of the arena. Let me double check, see if it's a hard copy or if I need to send you a screenshot and like bustled through the arena to get them their tickets, which which sort of lines up. I know people were talking on, on social media, just sort of like like we're doing, just giving memories and the just the goofiness was was pretty par for the course. Um, just sort of like across the board with with his colleagues and with the media. He was he was an easy accessible point for the media if you wanted to talk about youth hockey or hockey development or even when the Coyotes were having some some more sensitive topics because um, they they haven't always been in the news for for the best stories, right? They've had some some financial difficulties and they've had some off-ice issues and some turmoil. And he was always a really accessible point for being able to talk about it to people who were in media without without shunning them. And he he trusted you, so, so you didn't betray that trust. Like he'd give contextual information on things to show that he trusted and that he wanted the game to grow. And as, as a result, you know, there are some conversations that we had that I, I'd never share because that was just contextual and it was, it was private and it was personal and, and going through my texts was, was very hard trying to find good ones. And I found a few snippets of things where he was just talking about like the unbridled enthusiasm for girls hockey, which is, which is really where he left his, his mark, I would say, but there were so many other texts that I was like, I can't share that. That's him just being a goofball. And that's him. Like he would share something and say, you can't say anything yet. No one's supposed to know, but, (laughs) and he'd just be so excited to share something about the growth that he would, he'd leak like crazy about women's hockey and youth hockey. And like, he sent me info on the dream gap tour back in, I think it was, June or July when they didn't get it finalized until like October. And he was like, Hey, you can't say a thing, but guess what's coming. (laughs) And I think that's part of really what's kept hockey alive in the desert with no, with no disrespect to, to the number of other passionate people who have kept the game alive here in the Valley. I mean, he spent so many hours making like he fought with the league to make sure that there was enough money and grant funding to get sticks for all the all the elementary schools in the valley he sent me out to Levine one time which for any of the listeners uh to this podcast who aren't from Phoenix Levine is you have to loop around the south mountain that borders the valley (laughs) on the south side you have to loop around it and go down some like two-lane dirt roads towards one of the reservations to get there and he sent me out there to make sure that there were pictures of hockey development like a couple years ago, delivering sticks uh, and teaching the coaches out there who had no idea how to play hockey. They, they taught a rudimentary course to all the PE teachers there to make sure that they could adequately coach the kids and to make sure that they had equipment. And 
I mean, he ran all over the valley doing that. And he would send so much information on it, getting so excited about it that it it really kept it alive. Like he's I I got more information from him on what was going on with hockey development and with the Dream Gap Tour when it came to town and on the Arizona Kachinas and on the ASU women's program and on GCU getting a more fleshed out program than I did anyone else in in Arizona hockey combined. He he was the one who was constantly just working to to push it out and make it not just accessible and permanent, but visible and make it something that was being talked about, which I think is part of the reason that we've seen a pretty substantial and consistent explosion of growth in in youth hockey here in the Valley, which is which is how we get the Austin Matthews and how we get, you know, some of the other good young players that are coming up through through the system. That's how we get a, a program that essentially delivers guys like Joey Decord and Sean Walker. But it's also how you get kids that are fans of the game. I mean, we have the kids that he first started going to schools and teaching about hockey, or he started doing that, I think it was 11 years ago. So they're coming up on the point where they're going to be 16, 17, maybe 18 now. So those are the kids that are going to be buying tickets. They're going to be taking their their significant others on dates to games. They're going to be going to bars and watching games within the next couple of years. And so they're going to be the ones that are really keeping the sport relevant in the state. And that's, I don't want to, like, it wasn't all him, but he was, he was the driving force behind it for over a decade. And, and I think that's great. Yeah. He's been a massive force. Continue Richie. Yeah. Sorry. Um, So I didn't know Matt personally, uh, unfortunately, but um, obviously through you guys and through several other mutual friends of ours, um, his impact is is uh, very well known in in the valley. And I was talking to somebody today about it, and and they were they were one hundred percent true. It's like if you played like Cat was referring to, if you played youth hockey or high school hockey over the last ten years, your time at your life was affected in some way, shape, or form by and what Matt Shaw did for, for the game here. And I was just, so I was basically just going through social media a lot today. I was reading a lot of people's reactions to it and I can, you can just scroll through and, and look at some of the reactions. I'll read a couple of them, a couple of them here. Uh, Rick Tockett tweeted out, um, your legacy will never be forgotten. What you have accomplished with minor hockey and with the coaches you have helped is simply incredible. We lost a piece of our heart today. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Happy to never be working and always do what I love. Matt Schott sent me this one month. Uh, Matt, RIP, my friend, Lindsey Fry, um, obviously close friends with with Matt, said, to my work husband, my brother, my best friend, thank you. I love you more than I had time to show you. Your legacy will live on forever, Matty. I promise. Kyrie sent out a nice uh, statement as well, a statement from Arizona High School Hockey Association. Uh, and then the last one I'll read is from Josh Doan, who said, uh, words can't describe how much Matt did for everyone he's worked with. He was a friend to everyone and a mentor for all my teammates and myself. It was an honor to play for him, and we lost a great man. Love you, and you will be Miss Shotzi. And uh, so for somebody who, again, ne- never never met him, um, reading er- how everybody was affected by what he did um, was 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 really – it was emotional to read today, to go through that, and, you know, not knowing him personally, like to see how many people were affected. It was – that was a really cool thing. And I think 
that's something that like that's leaving a legacy behind is it not like when you when you eventually leave this this planet that is something you you want to leave behind as a legacy and that's that's what matt did that's what Leighton Cargo, I think, has done, you know, since her passing. And I I, I sent out a, a tweet today that um, I decided, so, okay, well, what can I do here, right? Well, the Coyotes are doing the Leighton Cargo uh, Skating for Leighton event coming up next month at the end of January out at Phoenix Raceway. And um, you can donate, you can sign up, and you can run, walk, skate laps at Phoenix Raceway coming up at the end of January. Uh, so the Coyotes are asking for $49 donations to sign up for the event itself. Um, and they ask for like extra donations as well. So uh, if you're listening to the Spray Nation, you have some extra cake around, some extra cash, and you, and you want to help out a good cause in the Leighton Ricardo Scholarship Fund. What I did, I was like, okay, well, I donated my $49. I also decided to donate $94 on top of that $49 to honor Leighton and honor Matt Shaw today. And you can do that same thing. If you go to the Arizona Coyotes website, you can uh, sign up for the late, uh, Skin for Leighton event. I suggest everybody does that. It's a great cause. Uh, and I, I can't wait to do it. And um, and so that was just my little my little something today, at least. Something good. Put, putting good out in the world today. I saw that, Richie, and that is like honestly one of the most beautiful things that you could have done. It was it was so touching actually when I saw you tweet that out and it was so smart and just so beautiful and poetic in its own right. And um, going back to something that Kat was saying earlier about the fact that uh, Shot was literally her inside source on a lot of things. Kat, was, wasn't he the inside source that you had that uh, leaked to you that he was going to be um, coaching a yes. couple practices. <laughs> yeah. He, um, the, the coyotes did uh, for, for hockey fights cancer. They, um they gave him the chance to sign a coaching contract, which that was his, that was initially his dream, you know, was to, to coach at, at the highest level. And he ended up really finding his, his passion project instead, which was, working with with youth hockey and with girls hockey in particular but he always I mean the NHL was was kind of the dream there and uh so he sent me a screenshot during the middle of I think it was like the middle of a Coyotes game and I was sitting there and I see that I had a text from him and I was like okay uh who scored because we we would send memes back and forth whenever like Connor Garland scored off his face or something like that and whenever Michael Bunting who I'd been just yapping like I was yapping in shots here for years about like those kids, the real deal, like he's going to make it. And so I was like, Oh, who do you, who do you send me this time? And it was the invitation from uh, Andre Torini to come and coach with the team. And he was like, cat, I can't, I'm so excited. And he sent me like a gift from full house of just like, running screaming like I'm so excited I'm so scared I don't know what to do and he was he was just so stoked and I was like did you just find out about this and he's like yeah I haven't even responded yet um so don't don't say anything <laughs> and so I, I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to to you two and I was like hey so this is this is coming out later so you know if you um, if you guys are looking for content later this week, I don't think you can say anything yet, but this is, this is coming soon. And like, he, he would leak his own stories sometimes like that. Like that was, and 
I, I tried so hard not to, cause he, he insisted on not being the center of any stories, right? He was, he was huge on, this is not, this is not my, my story. This is, this is women's hockey. This is girls hockey. This is, this is the Valley. This is growth and development. And you know what? And he was like, so I don't want to be, and sometimes he'd say, you know, you can, if you want to drop my name in there, let them know that this was something that I was a part of. You can go ahead. And he'd say it like that, like, you, you can drop my name. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but he was so insistent on not being the, the main voice behind it. Like I, with our, our good friend, Taylor Clark, um, he essentially commissioned she and I to do this massive story when the Arizona Kachinas were formed. It's the, the Arizona girls youth hockey development system. It's, I mean, he, that's that, that was a huge undertaking. They essentially created a, a sustainable and it's, it's, extremely successful now the the 14u and 16u teams are terrifyingly good um it starts with learn to skate and it goes all the way up through the end of high school there's a place where it splits between travel and high school for girls who want to play rec versus you know playing really competitive hockey and it was he he essentially helped orchestrate that and it was this huge undertaking and it was a huge program that really could have fallen flat so quickly and and he commissioned us to write this piece on how it all got formed and I think we spent probably like 10 hours on the phone with him because it was like impossible not to but I think he insisted on us only using like one quote from him and then he sent us to his friend Natalie he sent us to Lindsay Fry he sent us to some of the other coaches he sent us to the team to talk about it and he said I want I want I want to make sure that they're the voices that you guys are hearing. And so if you look back at that story, you get maybe one or two quotes from him and the rest is all, all the women who were involved, um, which is absolutely spectacular. But I, I had to share on, on Twitter today, you know, just a smattering of the, the number of leaks he gave on exciting new things that were coming for Arizona girls hockey and for hockey development and for women's hockey in general, that he would say, Hey, this is coming, drop a teaser. When it comes out, push the hell out of it. It's coming. Be aware. Don't mention me. (laughs) And I was, and so for years, you know, I didn't mention him. And today I was like, well, can't stop me now shot and so I I shared him because I think he he deserves it yeah I think too it's always funny the way that because it had even today it was kind of shared around about the fact that he had told um you know the Kachinas to not play for him but to play for themselves because it means more he was definitely not a person that ever really thought it was ever really about him because he was just so focused on the development and the growth and how everyone else was always doing everything. But I think too, one of the things that like, kind of like, as I was saying about the fact that every time he would talk with anyone or any time he would do anything. And like, obviously you had a more robust relationship with him than I did. Um, But even from a coworker standpoint, he was always such a, like a lighthearted person. He was never really down in the dumps about anything, but he also never f- 
fully like he he never really talked about anything in too negative of a light like even when you had gone on that trip to Louvain I have I happen to remember because I saw you afterwards um yes he did not <laughs> explain to you very thoroughly how far you had to go out there it was like more explained as like oh this is a great like trip that you need to take and here's the reasons why you need to do it um I was in Tucson that weekend. I was covering the Roadrunners. And he was like, hey, on your way back to Phoenix, it'd be really cool if you left a little earlier. And just just stopped by this this high school. Yeah, this high school where we have all the coaches uh, learning to play hockey. Like, I think it would be awesome having you there. It's on your way back. And I was like, okay. And then I went to go. And I remember texting you because I was supposed to hang out with you that night. And I was like, hey, I don't know when I'm going to make it back because shots sent me to the other side of the South Mountain. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I have cell service out here. I don't know if you're getting my texts. But like, I'll see you at some point. And but you're right. I mean, he he didn't look at things in a negative light. And there were some incredibly frustrating aspects of his job that I mean, I think those are things that he should be allowed to take with him um, without airing anything frustrating um but it's it's a hard job it's a thankless job when you're working essentially trying to be be a cat herder in chief for uh, an organization at the youth level and he'd get really frustrated sometimes and he, he'd send a text where he was like man this is so stupid uh but on the bright side and he'd immediately start bragging about his girls which uh if you're looking on social media, you'll probably see a lot of that. Um, the girls that he coached, um, cause they were, they were like his children and he would always find a way to, you know, turn it around to them, even when he was getting miffed about other things, which I think everyone has, has the right to do. And didn't, you didn't notice it when he was at the rink, even when he was, like there were there were times when the the grant money was it was hard to to get that all signed sealed and delivered because he, he had to give them down to every possible minutia, you know this is how many sticks we need this is the equipment this is where this funding goes it's going to go to this set of coaches for this span of time we need this for a web developer this is how much time it'll take them to do that this is why we need it and we can't do it for free you know and that was I mean that. That's stressful. That's stressful as hell. I think most of us would probably have been like repeatedly hitting our heads against the wall, hoping we could break through the wall. And he'd, he'd gripe about it. And But it was less that he was griping for the sake of griping. And as a professional complainer, I'm very familiar with complaining for the sake of complaining. It was more, you know, just expressing his his frustration that he wasn't able to get things done as quickly in order to get them out into the open which i and and he's left a really good support system behind which i think is important um lindsey fry obviously is a, a huge part of everything he's done they were like the the dream team getting it all accomplished together um when I started coaching with him in 2015, uh, Zach Izumi, who I believe was is currently listed as the position directly under director of hockey development. So I hope he's the one who ends up getting to take that role. He was my colleague. He'd been with Shot for a year or two at that point um, and stuck around with it and ended up getting promoted up 
through the system. Uh, when I worked with him, he was he was coaching kids during the day and working as a Benihana chef at night. Uh, sorry, sorry for bringing that back up, Zumi. I heard you were very good though. Um, and I mean, he's been with the teams all weekend, making sure that they were getting coached. Um, and so, I mean, he's the program's left in fantastic hands, um, which I think is an underrated aspect that he was, you know, that positive and hardworking, but managed to bring on other people who aren't going to let it fall by the wayside, essentially. Richie, I I didn't know if you had anything else to say. I'm, I'm not in the same room as Richie and Kat. So I'm like giving space. The two of them can look at each other and, and acknowledge who can talk next, but I'm, I'm trying to not talk over anyone. Well, um, yeah, part of the part, we have to wrap up here soon because uh, Kat is going to go see Spider-Man No Way Home here in a moment. So um, we'll have to wrap up here. But um, yeah, anyway, it was, it was, it was great hearing from, from both of you and all of your stories and how both of you ha- have, you know, got to know Matt over the years. And I think it was important for us to talk about it on the show tonight because I know a lot of people are, uh, are, are talking about it um, in the Kyrie's community, the hockey community here. And, um, and like I said, hopefully his, his legacy continues through the Kachinas and through youth hockey here in the, in the state of Arizona. And uh, I'm sure um, the Coyotes will have much, much more um, to honor Matt and what everything he's done here um, in the, in the Valley of the sun in terms of building hockey. But um, quickly um, cap before you say goodbye to us, I wanted to put you on the spot because Corey and I are going to talk about this in just a second after you leave us, but um, you have to pick your three favorite uh, MCU movies off the top of your head. Does it have to be like the formal MCU or can I count anything that is based on a Marvel comic? Um, we'll go based on a Marvel comic. Cause I know, I know that you like Corey and I were talking about this earlier. Um, I, I feel like between you and Chris, who is literally sitting on our couch right now, um, yes, fellow hockey podcast network podcaster Chris Gears napping on our couch. <laughs> <Listen to Bruce. laughs> um, I feel like between the both of you, but, um, but all of the Bruise and Bruise and Bruins people need to listen to Sporty first, and then I they can listen. You guys, every time I'm on their show, which is every other week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. Okay, then you guys can go and listen to them. If if we get plugged on their show, then they can get plugged on ours. Yes, all yes, indeed. Right, yeah, so I'll I'll allow it. Yes. Okay. Um. So X-Men First Class, um, X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spideyverse. That's a good list. Wow, that was a list like outside the box. I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. That was. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were cheating her. You get, a, you get a cheat cheat. That's rude. I, I did just make him rewatch the origin stories a trilogy of the X-Men, um, which we are then moving on to Dark Phoenix, uh, then on to X-Men, X2, and then... Skip can, the last stand. Skip the last stand. TBH. But yeah, um, I, I love me a good... Uh, Love me a good inter interwoven battle, um, which X Men is basically just a uh, it's it's a little more um, 
it's almost like I would I would say my fourth is probably uh, Captain America Civil War, um, which I very normally had uh, Chris watch uh, Civil War with me and then immediately <laughs> turned around and watched X-Men First Class so we could dissect the similarities. So, so anyways, thank you guys. I, I can't wait to go watch Spider-Man. Yeah, enjoy it. It's amazing. Um, I'm not going to say any more about it. Um, yeah, there's so many spoilers Corey, in there. Don't, nothing. Do, don't you say anything else. No, 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 no. no. All I'm saying is there's so, like, it's one of those movies that, like, if you even remotely talk about it, it's a spoiler. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like, exactly. so easy to be a spoiler of a movie that, like, you just have to go and watch it. And then you can discuss it afterwards, but there's, like, you can't listen to any discussions beforehand. Exactly. How I was feeling, I was trying to talk about it with my brother. And even as my brother, like, even just started saying anything, I started getting, like hives because my parents hadn't watched it yet and i was just everything he said i felt like gave certain things away but my parents i feel like aren't as immersed in it so they didn't get all of it but it still made me like break out hives just him talking about it in general (laughs) exactly no spoilers on this episode we're gonna get into our ranking in just a moment but before we move on to talking about our MCU rankings, which we teased on Twitter, got some responses from some of the Hockey Podcast Network guys, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, we want to tell you about DraftKings. Use the promo code THPN, everybody. We're winding down the NFL season. Of course, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And if you haven't signed up with DraftKings Sportsbook just yet, you can bet just $1 on any team to score and you can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. Now, here's the thing, Sporting Nation. I hope you didn't do this and bet for the Tampa Bay Bucks to score because they got their ass handed to them and shut out by the New Orleans Saints on Sunday Night Football. Uh, so, yes. T- promo code THPN and you can bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. How many times can I tell you that's impressive the way you do that? It's, it's, you have to be a professional, Corey. That's all I can say. I mean, I, I will say that I am a professional in many other aspects of our podcast, but that is where you take the cake. 100%. No doubt. Thank you very much. Um, I think it's just cause I, I, I can tend to, my brain, my mouth tends to move faster than my brain, but at some point, um, reading a DraftKings read is just like it just becomes like sleep to me and it's just so easy to do and I can just do it do it just like that so everybody take advantage of the offer Richie I'm over here literally just trying to figure out my top three and I'm just on a struggle lust right now I hope you know that it's okay it's okay because I I thought about this last night I've been thinking about it really since we saw the movie, because I've been struggling trying to figure out 
where to put No Way Home in my rankings. And I've been kind of waiting to give it a rate, like a ranking in the MCU because we're so close to seeing it and it was so good. That's the freshest on my mind. So it's you kind of have recency bias there. But I do have my very solid top three, like set in stone. I'll tell you that much. Um, and that and my top three are going to be uh, Avengers Endgame, which I was rewatching on Sunday night. And I will tell you, Corey, that like it just it doesn't get any easier to watch the last act of that movie. Like it still kicks your ass and still hits very, very hard, like from Black Widow dying to Iron Man's death to the funeral to Steve Rogers getting to dance again with with Peggy Carter. It just it still hits hard. It's been two years and I've seen that movie several times already. So in game number one, I'd put uh, uh, an Infinity War and then Captain America Winter Soldier. Those are my top three. I know you don't like Captain America, so I know Captain America Winter Soldier is not going to be in your rankings, but I feel like for me anyway, it still holds up rewatching on a regular basis because of the kind of spy thriller it was. And um, it's still going to be a favorite of mine. I still am a big fan of Captain America. So those are my top, those are my top three. And then if I had to extend it out to five, I'd probably add in uh, black Panther for sure. And then, um, and then may, Maybe uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe at five, I think. Maybe maybe the original Iron Man there, the original Avengers there. Like, after that, it gets a little tough. But that, those are my answers for now. All right. Okay. So I keep on writing things down. So obviously, Endgame is, is amazing. It's, it was like a, it was a 10-year uh build up for that right so much time and effort went into it i personally and i'm sorry this will be a spoiler for those of you that don't know i mean like i don't know how you can't know by now but like the fact that my favorite character is iron man iron man dies i can't i can't do the movie like i bald crying and literally like Scotty and I went and watched it and we were like on, it was our anniversary and we went to a nice dinner afterwards and I sat in the parking lot crying. So, um, I still can't rewatch it. I think Scotty made me rewatch the ending once and I still just did not enjoy it. So, um, as much as it's an amazing movie, I can't handle it. So I'm not putting it in there. And then by proximity, I would love to say Infinity War. But the way that Infinity War ends with all of it, I almost also, like, I don't know. I It, it taints my feeling for Infinity War as well. So I would probably say the first Avengers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the first, Aven- first Avengers just because of the fact that it starts all of that. Um, and then Iron Man 2, and then you're gonna, you're gonna lose your shit. And then I'm gonna say Spider-Man No Way Home. No, okay. Yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. I will say I forgot one, Thor Ragnarok. Don't know how I forgot to put that, that, that's my fifth movie in my top five. I'm sorry, but yes. So, 
I think, you know, it's funny. I think we've talked about this somewhat recently too, maybe in the, within the past year. And I remember you putting Iron Man two on your list and I'm always surprised that you do it every time you do it. Why? Well, because it's, it's one of those movies that is for most people, the one of the most forgettable MCU movies in a way. But I remember, I remember you telling me why you liked it. And if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong. And you were, I think your reasoning for it was like the growth of Tony's character arc in that movie is why you liked it so much. Yeah. I mean, at that point in it, he's gone from, he's gone from the original Iron Man, which was very much, you know, him. I mean, he obviously has a lot of growth in that too. And the fact that he figured out that like what Stark Industries was doing and all that stuff that he has more of a higher duty, but he's more solidified in it in the second one. And it's also the introduction of Scarlett Johansson as a black widow in it. Right. So she comes into it for the first time. Um, they're having to kind of, he's kind of having to deal from the first one with, um, the choice that was made of making him Iron Man because of the fact that the, the guy who helped make his chest thing, I forget what it's called. Um, the arc reactor. Thank you. I don't know. Oh why my I God. Haven't... Corey, Corey, I'm no, I'm how having... can you forget the arc reactor? Because I'm 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 a little bit flustered about this, okay? The stress going into my rankings has already like gotten to me. Um but so the the father who helped him do that, it was his son that went after him and believed that, you know, that he should have been Iron Man. So it was literally the, you know, had something that came out of him being but the irony of the whole thing of all that is it was killing him and he had to deal with his own death he had to deal with his uh history of his father and the fact that he always thought his father you know really didn't think much of him and then he realized that his father had left in a whole new uh, element for him to find because he knew that he wouldn't he didn't have the technology but then tony would be smart enough to figure it out and then you also have him meeting um colson for the first time and talking to colson and um and fury and really just realizing too that um he technically you know in the beginning they thought he wouldn't be a good avenger because he doesn't really play well with others um but his growth through that movie was so significant he it led him into being from a person who didn't play well with others and someone who couldn't be a part of a team to his path to where he was basically leading the Avengers at the end of all this. You know what I, I actually like about that movie? And I'm, it's kind of a bummer that we haven't ever gotten him again in the MCU is Justin Hammer. Sam Rockwell or Justin Hammer in that movie I thought was really good. And for some reason, that's like the part of the movie that like sticks with me the most for a movie that I, I don't really, I rarely go back and watch and haven't really seen all that often, but like Justin Hammer is, uh, he was, 
one of the villains of the movie, obviously, but I, I would have liked to have seen Justin Hammer show up again in the MCU. And I'm not, I wonder if we do at some point, cause we are getting a continuation of Rhodey's storyline with armor wars, which is coming up on Disney plus at some point in the future. And then we are also getting, um, we're, we're also getting the debut of Ironheart too, which is another, um, Marvel TV show that's coming out on Disney plus in the near future. Um, so, I wonder if Justin Hammer doesn't show up in either of those shows coming up, which would be really cool to kind of tie back to Iron Man 2. But so we're, we haven't seen the last of Iron Man's legacy in the MCU. We're getting more of it, and I'm glad we're getting the continuation of Rhodey's character. And I can't wait to see Ironheart. In case you don't know, um, Ironheart is it is she is basically centered around a, a teenage girl who basically discovers – um, Tony Stark's technology and and basically becomes the new Iron Man more or less, and it's terrific. And uh, I haven't and people seem to like it. And this is we're getting here on the, in the MCU for the first time uh, in somewhat in the near future. I'm, I don't remember which movie she's going to show up in uh, for her debut. I I think it might be the Marvels, but I could be mistaken on that. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, so I'm I, I'm I'm always fascinated by your Iron Man two. Uh, um love it's it's got so much of an introduction and um and it's like not just an arc for his character because i mean it's what brings him and and pepper Potts. you know he finally cares about someone else he actually works with roadie he actually like you know there's all these different things because he got betrayed by roadie in it and then you know ended up working together with him in the end and kind of it was the first time of kind of teaching him to be on a team type of a situation too there's so much in it that i feel like was so introductory that and it meant so much that as much as it may be a movie that people forget it's a key part of um of that phase of marvel at the time um my other two by the way if i was to round out my five would be the first thor and captain marvel okay i i like your captain marvel on that list i do i really do um i've always promised myself one of these days i would do a ranking of every single marvel movie from top to bottom in terms of like best to worst but there's so stinking many of them it's really hard to do and there are so many good ones on that list i don't want to disrespect any of the other ones by like putting ones higher than the other like i love captain marvel i love uh, I love uh, Black Widow. Um, I loved uh, Shang-Chi. You know, like all those movies were great. But like there's just so many good ones that like eventually those movies are like going to end up in the middle of the pack for me. And it's not because I dislike them. It's just because there's so much other good ones too. Like, so I don't even know where I would. I, I feel like at where I would rank Black Widow and Captain Marvel on my list. I always say that they're like two of the most rewatchable movies in the MCU. And I was watching Captain Marvel on our last show, for goodness sake. So, well, by the way, quick quick correction. Um, Ironheart, uh, a.k.a. Riri Williams is the name of the character. She's going to make her MCU debut in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So the Black oh. Panther sequel, before she shows up in her own show, um, which is uh, coming out uh, maybe sometime in 2023, probably. So The other thing is... I don't even know where you'd begin to rank them. Do you rank them upon importance? 
do you like how um, big they mean in the MCU? Do you rank them upon uh, rewatchability? Do you re- do you rank them upon um, you know just individually as movies? How good are they? Like that, it's so hard to figure out a criteria on how you should rank them because, like, it's kind of like in my whole thing, Endgame, in the fact of how much it means, is as a massive movie would definitely go first but i wouldn't put it as one that's a rewatchable one because it's so hard for me to watch that i can't rewatch it so it's a weird way of figuring out how to rank them i feel like yeah i feel like that's the that's the beauty of the eye of the beholder in terms of being a fan is everybody's going to enjoy every one of these movies differently and everybody's going to have a different level of rewatchability for all these different movies and so, like, generally, when I, you know, will rank these movies, I tend to go by movies I like the most. Not necessarily by the best film, the best movie, right? I tend to go by, you know, I tend to, like, putting in game number one for me is not necessarily because it's the greatest movie of all time or it's the greatest film in the MCU. It's because of how it managed to meet and exceed expectations how it managed to wrap up an entire 10 year story in, in one movie. And, and between those two things, like it's just not going to be topped. And that's why I put infinity war, like one and two with it, because essentially they're the same story in two parts. Right. Oh yeah. And, absolutely. and so they're kind of inextricably linked and which is why I put them one, two on the list. And, and, um, and so that's why it would be tough to put together the list. Cause like, they're just, there's so many good ones. Like, Let's wrap up with this. Are what are the MCU movies to you that are absolute duds that you just think back on and you go, I don't really want to watch these these movies ever again? There's one that I can think of off the top of my head, no problem, absolutely so easy for me. That I can, but I can only think of one off the top of my head super quickly, and that would be Civil War. Why is that? Uh, cause I felt like it was somewhat pointless to the story in the fact that like the, you know, I'm glad that they were able to introduce like Spider-Man in it and do all of that, but it really, to me, didn't feel necessary at that point. Like in order to really break them into two separate sides and, um, and whatnot it just it felt more dividing than uniting and i just felt like it didn't really need to be in the storyline i can see that it's because cap and tony fight in the movie um i will say this though the airport scene is still one of the best scenes in the entire mcu i'll i will put that out there like i'm looking through the list right now of all the mcu movies and there's only one for me that really sticks out as a movie that i literally have only seen one time and that's it. And that's Thor, the dark world. That's the only one on this list. I I think back on and go, I don't really have any interest in ever watching that movie again. Um, I feel like age of Ultron might be on that list too. I just don't really find it ever necessary to really go back and rewatch that movie either. 
one division probably made it a little bit better, right? But it's just something that doesn't. I don't really have any interest in going back and watching. Um, other than that, like, there's so many good movies in here that like I just don't see them being complete duds. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I it's good, not great. I don't know if it's necessarily rewatchable. It's really funny, but I, I maybe put that down the bottom of the list. And the other movie I would add on there too is maybe Doctor Strange. It's just, just it was just too weird for me. I just don't ha- understand how you cannot value the second Guardians of the Galaxy when you have um why can't I think of his name? And I was literally just watching this and I was just talking about this. Um, oh my gosh, about how it gets me every single time after he dies that they give him a Ravager's um, funeral. Um, Yondu. Yondu. Mm-hmm. That, like the fact that, he, you know, he hits the end where he sacrifices himself for Peter and he um, tells him like, it, very just very calmly like he he may have been your father but he ain't your daddy like that yeah. part and then he sacrifices himself is like such like an emotional moment the only thing that kills me is they go through all of that right and it's just it's super like heartwarming yet sad at the same time and it's a great ending and it's great storytelling for peter's character and all of this stuff but then you have him standing next to Gamora. And then every time it lights me up, it gets me angry because I'm like, this is so irrelevant now because now the new Gamora doesn't know shit about any of this. Went through <laughs> all of this for nothing. Nothing. Irritates me. <laughs> um, I'm going to go through and read off some of the uh, rankings from, from some of our hockey pod net um, cohorts here in a second. But my last question for you before we wrap up the show here is I'm going to read off the list of upcoming MCU films. And um, Oh, before you say this though, neither of us have watched Eternals yet. This is true. That's correct. So That's the one. We can't really put that in any of this because we haven't actually seen it yet. Yeah. So that's actually a good caveat. Okay, so last question here before I, I go quickly through some of our, our HPN uh, cohorts and their rankings. The upcoming MCU movie that you're most looking forward to, I'm going to read out the list here. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out in May. Thor Love and Thunder comes out in July. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, allegedly for now, coming out in November. Uh, the Marvels comes out in February 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May of 2023, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out in July of 2023. Of those movies, which one are you most looking forward to? Uh, Doctor Strange in the the Multiverse of Madness, simply because um, this last Spider-Man movie basically just hyped the crap out of it. Yeah, um, I want to consider this a spoiler, Cause as, cause we're gonna everybody's gonna end up seeing this probably in the next week or so. But if you stay after the credits, you get uh, the Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness teaser trailer. So just be on the lookout for that. 
So I, I cannot wait for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mostly because I'm very, very excited to see Wanda again. Um, I feel like when we were watching the trailer, I was one of the few people like geek out that we got to see Wanda and, and the Scarlet Witch again. Um, so I'm very excited for that. But if I had to li- list which one I'm most, most excited for, it's got to be Thor Love and Thunder. I'm, I was going to tell you that literally the first three, the, the way that they come out, so like Doctor Strange, then Thor, and then Black Panther is probably the order of how excited I am about them. And um, the Thor Love and Thunder one comes out uh, just three days after my birthday. So that's what I'm going to do for my birthday. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, very excited to see Taika Waititi back at the helm of a Thor movie again. So that's that. Uh, last thing before we go, let's read off some of these, uh, these picks here. Oh, and, um, and before... We go after you read those. I have one thing that I'm going to throw at you and I'm going to have, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to just off the top of your head, think of it. So come back to me after you're done reading. Okay, sure. Okay. So, um, Nate from the ducks podcast ranked his top three, Captain America, first Avenger, Spider-Man, no way home and Avengers Endgame. uh, Bayou benders has the caveat that he hasn't seen no way home yet, but his rankings are Infinity War, Endgame, Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Winter Soldier. Uh, Nick Berlansky from the Penguins podcast, he ranked his top three as, um, let's see here, let's see, let's see, Avengers Endgame, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and the Avengers. So those are those replies we got on Twitter, and you can uh, reply to our tweet at Corey Show to give your takes as well. All right, Richie, here's um, my my quick question, I guess you could say. If you were to only recommend to everyone one Marvel TV show, what would it be and why? Okay, see here we go. We had we here, I'm glad you asked this because we teased that we, you and I were talking about this off air, off the show earlier tonight. So I already have my answer planned and I would say WandaVision. I would say WandaVision and, and here's why. Um, I feel like it was the, it was the show that tried to be the most different out of all the MCU shows. I feel like um, it, it told a cohesive story across the entire few episodes about how you deal with grief. I feel like it made us care about the relationship between Wanda and vision for the first time. Whereas in previous movies, we really haven't, at least I didn't. I was like, I don't really care about vision all that much. Well, going through that entire, you know, how many episodes it was like, it made me care about Wanda and vision as a couple. And it really sold me on their relationship and how much it meant to them. And on top of that, in my opinion, WandaVision still has maybe the most iconic line in all of the MCU outside of I Am Iron Man, which is, um, what is love if not, or what is grief but not love persevering? It's been almost a year since that show comes out, and I still think about that line and how great that was and how emotional it was and how, and, and how they wound up that show was just perfect. However, we are recording this before the Hawkeye finale. I will say, and I will go on record, if the Hawkeye finale lands, it could unseat WandaVision as the best MCU show. 
but we'll leave that until Wednesday. Um, I say there, it would have to be a pretty large screw up for me to take this back. Um, but I would say hands down Hawkeye 100% have absolutely loved it. Think it is great on so many different levels. It showed a lot more of a human aspect to the Avengers and what their relation is, relationship is to like actually like society and how all that stuff is and how they're dealing with um, the fallout of it and all of that. I think that that one is absolutely um, magnificent in the fact of just how it's acted. I mean, the people that are in it are fantastic as well. The addition of Haley Steinfeld in it is fantastic and Florence Pugh and just literally everyone in it is so good. And um, so if I had to suggest one, it would definitely be Hawkeye 100%. I, I will say this about Hawkeye, and it's done such a great job with this. It had a tough task because they had to introduce not one but two brand new MCU characters and have us uh, care about them, right? And that's Kate Bishop, played by Haley Stanfield, and that's um, also um, caring Echo, about right? Maya Lopez, who is um, who is the essentially the deaf leader of the. Um, tracksuit mafia um played by alakwa cox and alakwa cox this is literally her first ever imdb credit and she's amazing in hawkeye and she's also getting her own disney plus show called echo too and so the fact that they've managed to introduce both of these characters and have us care as much about them as we do is is top-notch MCU storytelling. Um, and if anything comes from Hawkeye and that's what they want to do and introduce these characters and I us care about them, then hell yeah. Because I can't wait to see... Um, I can't wait to see Echo and I cannot wait to see more of Heidi Steinfeld as uh, Kate Bishop. That scene... Spoilers. Um, in episode five with Kate and, and with Yelena... It's just it's so good. It was amazing to watch them two work together. Like I can't wait to see them together again. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to end this show. Do you think? Yeah, and I would just like to mention too. Um, I love Yelena, but I would never put hot sauce on mac and cheese. It sounds awful. <laughs> that's a good way to end the show. Good night and good hockey, everybody.